week of our four-part series, so today we'll close that out. And I've got to tell you, I've, I've enjoyed this series so much. It stretched me as your pastor um, because we're tackling a subject that uh, uh, we're trying to demystify, despookify some things, kind of move away from some of the, uh, uh, the goofiness of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that, um, uh, you know, because of man's sensationalism that has come into a subject that is so beneficial especially when you get to know Him and you get to know who He is and the Holy Spirit. And, and we've been covering really four Ps. We found out about uh, you know, His presence. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. His personality. We looked into His purpose last week. And today we're going to talk about the power side of the Holy Spirit. And uh, when I say power, every single one in this room would, you know, come on guys, we all want power to, let's say, overcome circumstances in life. And a lot of times we're out there going after some things. Uh, uh, everybody's striving to find supernatural, whether you think you are or not. Whether that's in a drink, whether that's in a relationship, whether that's in a job or a hobby or, or, or something of that sort. Uh, we're, we're wanting some feel good in our life. We're wanting rest in our life. We're wanting strength in our life. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to meddle. You know, I'm not here to do that in anybody's life. I've got to meddle in my own but, uh, you know, when it comes to something like a drink to casual me down or to calm me down, uh, I, I don't care what you do with the calming down and how you calm down. I'm just hoping to introduce you to something that maybe give the Holy Spirit a shot in doing that. Instead of taking a shot, give Him a shot. <laughs> and, uh, and, and maybe you'll find out that uh, it will last yeah. and it, it will be something that will change your life forever. Um, but if you can, I want you to go in your Bibles with, with me this morning. We're going to start right here in this first scripture together. And uh, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, uh, while you're doing that, hey, Coastal, give it up for some people here today. It's their first time experience. Give it up for them. Let them know you're glad to see you. Yeah. Uh, I'm always, I, to be honest with you guys, I love you with all my heart, all of Coastal and and you people, this is your home church. But on Sunday, I recognize those new people more than I recognize you, to be honest with you. So I know they're here. And uh, you are strange people sometimes, so we've got to make sure they are comfortable. <laughs> See how strange you were right then? Uh, look, about, look at somebody and tell them, say, hey, you really strange. <laughs> they're for sure strange now that you're talking to them. Matthew 28, verse 19 in the New Living Translation. Let's start here and... We'll do a very, very, very quick review, and um, uh, I, I need to apologize to you. Uh, we had a technical glitch with last week's uh, message, both services. We, were, we did not get to record the podcast of that, so what I'm going to do, if you'll give me a couple of weeks, we're gonna, I'm actually going to come up here and preach last week's again to nobody. Uh, I'm going to be standing out there, you know, just so that's how important this series is to me. Uh, last week's piece was just you've you got to get that to complete it all uh, and, and to realize that, uh, you know, there's a grace gift that God's given you and there's a purpose for that gift and the Holy Spirit comes to empower all of that. And uh, if you don't know that, if you don't have underst understanding that, that you've got something in you that God has put in there, then everything else we've said means nothing. And, and you've got to be able to know how to value that. So we'll teach that again to nobody and we'll make sure it's on the podcast. Matthew 28, verse 19. So scripture says, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing 
Now that word baptizing is going to be probably our main focus this whole service. Kind of take a theological lesson on that word. But baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I've said to you throughout this whole series, really our, our, our really deepest goal was really to introduce you to, uh, and not just introduce, but get the Trinity working in your life. Many have a relationship with God the Father. Man, come on, come on. He loves me. I'm, I'm just telling you, I, I, if you've never, if, if you, did, you had a deadbeat dad, and there's a bunch of them out there, I get it. Listen to me. This dad that I'm talking about, will never be deadbeat. He will always be there. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Why? Because God loves me. So we know that. Some of us do. And maybe you need to be introduced to that. But then there's Jesus, our Lord, God, Jesus. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. Jesus saves me. Come on now. Thank God we are saved. But listen to me. What, what happens is, is um, this is Trinity. That means Three. And if just the two are what you're giving, in, in, giving importance to, then you're not having Trinity work in your life. And there's God the Father, God the Son. He says, go baptize Him in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so we've taken the time to introduce you to Him. He's never referred to as a it or a thing in Scripture. Never. And until we... You, you have to come to that place where you recognize this personhood of him or you'll never be able to have relationship with him. So that's kind of been my goal is to maybe introduce you, to help you figure that out and see that part. So in week one, here's what we talked about. We really kind of defined this as four Ps. We talked about that uh, there's the presence of the Holy Spirit. Presence meaning his nature. How's he act? You know, what's, what's he act like? What's he, how, how, what's he look like? When I, how would I know he's there? And uh, we did that by doing a, maybe a study of the word spirit in Scripture. Uh, in, in Hebrew, it's the word ruach. It doesn't mean a thing to you. <laughs> but in the New Testament, it's the word pneuma. So Holy Spirit. The reason they put spirit there is because when you look at the definition of those two words, it's really wind or breath of God. So it's kind of, would be a little bit challenging to go to somebody, have you been, have, do you know the holy breath of God? Or do you know the holy wind of God? And so they attached holy to bring the deity to the name. So you've got holy spirit and you look at the word spirit. And so we said, okay, let's take that, that comparison of wind can that help us understand the nature of the Holy Spirit, His presence? Absolutely. And we said, wind is unseen, Holy Spirit's unseen. We taught on that for a while. We said that wind is unpredictable, Holy Spirit is unpredictable. He doesn't do the same thing twice. I'm just, he only spoke in a burning bush one time. And we're trying to recreate things all the time to, by, by experience and make it look just like it did before. And sometimes that's your problem. It's not always going to look like it did before. It may have similarities, but it's Him. Let Him be who He is. And there's an unpredictable side to Him. And listen, we have our statement of faith. We have our, our ways of doing things, our structures. But until we're willing to embrace some of the unpredictable side of Him, then we'll struggle with the nature. And trust me, that's the part none of us like. We don't like the unpredictable side in church. And, and you know, uh, there's some weird people out there. There's some people that take this Holy Spirit person of Him. And even what we'll talk about today, uh, adding a prayer language too that's beneficial to all. It's an additional prayer language to all the prayer that you have. 
And it's a, and it's, it's a, it's a evidence of a power that's within. And we'll talk about it. But people have taken something that's so beneficial and made it goofy. What's making it goofy is they're confusing a prayer language. It's a gift. Remember we said last week everybody has grace gifts, but they're supernatural ministry gifts. And we're taking this gift of prayer language that's beneficial and we're getting it confused with a gift of the Spirit, which is the gift of tongues and interpretation, and we're putting them all in one package and, and confusing people, and then nobody wants to be around you because you're weird. <laughs> now, I'll run with the best of you because I've got rivers of living water in me. I'll jump, shout, and sing, and sing psalms and spiritual psalms and spiritual psalms. That's a new one. Spiritual. You try to say that real fast. But, but what, you know, you've even labeled churches in our community this. And those churches have cause in their life. Those churches are doing great things for God. And because of one piece, unpredictable, don't go there. Because you're uncomfortable with it. You've got to be willing to embrace some of the uncomfortables to understand the presence. And then we said he's full of power. And then we said that he's refreshing. That's the first week. Second week, we came in and we began to talk about his personality. And we said that the personality, what makes a person have a personality is that they have a soul. They have a will. They have a mind and they have emotions. And we said the Holy Spirit has all three. <laughs> and, and I said that, that he wants to help you think like God. He comes alongside, Greek word paraclete, parakletos, he comes alongside to help me think like God. And the scripture says, be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what he comes to help you do, help you think like God. He comes to help you with your will and your choices and to make choices what is lining up with the will of God. He comes alongside not only to just give you the will, he also wants you to understand that there is a feeling and emotion that God has so much for you that he loves you so much he paid the biggest price he could ever pay for you and the Holy Spirit has emotions and feelings too and you can grieve him. And we talked about how you could grieve him and we showed you some example and we said that what's so powerful about him is he comes alongside and helps you do the things that would grieve him otherwise. So last week we talked about his purpose. And ultimately his purpose is really, I said this to you, that, that your life will always be connected for fulfillment, will always be connected to a grace gift, a charis. <laughs> According to scripture, grace in the word scripture is charis. Guess what? All of you as Christians, whether you want to admit it or not, are charismatic. We've defined charismatic as, <laughs> all of you have a charis gift, grace gift that God's divinely put in you that the Holy Spirit wants to come alongside and pull out, and it's always going to be connected to people. So if you don't like people, at least try to like one or two. <laughs> all right? So that was just personality. And so today, we need to come to this place... Today we need to come to this place where I want to talk about this fourth and final piece of the Holy Spirit so we can complete the Trinity working in my life. Will you go there with me today? Stand up, let's pray before we get going here and we'll have a great time together this morning. Hallelujah. Father, you're so faithful. You're so good. I love you so much. And I'm thankful for the privilege to be able to 
share your word this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you, we welcome you to come in and to do what you do. To guide, direct, teach, show, and intercede. Show us things to come. And as we begin to teach about you this morning, I know that you'll work into the hearts and to the minds of everyone that's here. We have an opportunity to encounter you more than we ever have in Jesus' name. Father, I ask you for your wisdom, your knowledge, and your revelation. And Jesus, thank you that you've given me access to all of those. And we decide to make much of the word this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Let me just let you know one more thing about the subject of purpose. Because today's a really important day for maybe some of you. As I was talking about purpose and how the Holy Spirit comes alongside to help you discover purpose and what your purpose is in life, uh, we have actually put in place in, in place to help you a, a steps that will help you get to that place where you're actually fulfilled. Look at somebody and say, he wants me fulfilled. It's called growth track. And when you think about growth track, here's what it means. It simply means this. We want to help you get to know God. Number one, most important, get to know Him. Number two, find freedom. Get to know freedom in your life. Get free from what's going on behind you so that you can see where you are and you can look far that way and get into the future of your life because He's got a good one for you, whether you believe it or not. And we said that as you get to know that, the Holy Spirit comes alongside to show you the freedom in your life, then He puts you on a road to discovery. And we want to step you into that discovery and discovering of the gifts that I just talked to you about There's like 24, 25, 26, 27 of those that are available to you right now. And so today at at 6 o'clock, you can come out to our growth track class. Pastor Tiffany and I do it, and some other leaders help us along with that. We'll help you step you onto this course to get you to the fourth step, which is where you will find out purpose. And I know, man, I'm just telling you, it's a lot easier to see people happy, and they are happy, when they got their purpose and what they're doing. I couldn't be any more happier than what I'm doing right now because I know it's my purpose. I know I'm here to do what I'm doing. I'm very unqualified to do it in and of myself. Uh, this thing can't, is not built on us. I get it, but there's nothing like being where you're supposed to be and you know it. Growth Track might help you do that. Go with me to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, look at verse 8, Amplified Version. Speeding up a little bit here, I've got very, uh, a very, you got some valuable time that I need to work with. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Listen, before I talk about that power, I want to talk to you about really three baptisms that are available to you as the body of Christ. Three baptisms. Every one of you has the privilege to experience all three. Most of you have experienced two, but maybe not the third. When you think of the word baptism in Scripture, it simply means to be fully immersed into something. So, as we begin to talk about this, I want you to think with that mindset. Immersion. That means take a glass of water, put it all the way under. That's what this is really trying to get us to see, is that these baptisms are full immersion into something. Uh, I like to look at it this way because immersion doesn't really click with me too much. But the word that clicks with me is going all in. And when I went all in with, with my, man, I'm just telling you about 30 years ago now. When I went all in, and I know the day, the moment, the time, and I know the experiences I had that day, life's never been the same. In other words, I, I came to this place where I began to think the way God wanted me to think. I made a choice that he wanted me to make. 
And when I made that choice, something very powerful happened after that. I began to come to this place where my emotions and my feelings were harnessed in such a way that they don't control me anymore. What controls me is a power that's within me, much greater, much stronger than those emotions. I'm not saying I don't have them, but I have something that controls those things for me now if you yield to it. So here we go. First baptism I want you to see. I'm going to run through this as quick as I can. There's, you are baptized into the body of Christ. You're immersed into the body of Christ at salvation. That salvation experience, one-time experience where you come to this place, and I, I kind of define it this way. It's an immersion into a relationship with Christ and His church. It's free. It's not based on works. You can't pay for it. And it is not part-time. And if you're living a part-time walk, you are not truly saved. Here's what I mean. Because when you're truly saved, you can't do a part-time walk because what's in you won't allow you because you'll want it so much. It's not a matter of saying like a black or white from the standpoint of a do or don't. It's more about the fact that something so big is in you that you know that you, are, you definitely won't ever be part-time because you love who's in you. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For we were all baptized, immersed by one spirit into one body. Galatians 3, 26 through 27. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Now listen, I want to take a moment here because this is so important for the next piece that we want to learn about the power of God and the, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We're going to hit that here in a few minutes. But I want you to see this because something really powerful happens here when you make this commitment to Christ. When you go all in. Scripture's very clear on it. I want you to go with me. Uh, Carson, I've got an additional scripture. I want you to go with me to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. I think it's chapter 7. Yes, verse 37, Carson. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said this, living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to anyone or everyone believing in him, but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Why is that important? This is before the death, burial, and resurrection. So now go with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, obey my commands... And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it is looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now. Listen, 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 listen. And later will be in you. So we just had two accounts of John. And he says, look, rivers of living water will be in you. Not there yet. Now Jesus here is recording to us, and he's saying, look, this living water, this Holy Spirit, this person's going to be in you, but he's not there yet. Later he will come to you. All right? Let's go to the later. Go to John chapter 20. John 
verses 19 through 22. John 20, 19 through 22, NIV. Something happens at the salvation experience that is very key to understanding the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Not even talking about it yet, but something very powerful happens. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of the Jews, keep that in mind, the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Why do you think he said, Peace be with you? Because he had just went through the wall, went through the door, and popped up in front of them. And they're startled, they're scared. And he says, Look, hey, it's just me. And he says, After he had said this, he showed them his hands, and he showed them his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with, the, with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. The moment you receive Jesus into your heart, the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you at that moment. They were not born again until this moment. He hadn't died. He hadn't risen. He, now he's died. He's risen. He's risen again. This is their salvation moment. This is their moment to believe on the very thing that they, this actually was bringing all the prophecy, everything that they had all been taught, and they're like, oh, now this is all making sense. And he's saying, look, there's an experience, there's a later, here's the later, here's the moment I want you to receive, here's the personhood of the Holy Spirit, and I want you to see something. The moment you get born again, he comes and lives in you at that moment. All right? Go with me to Luke chapter 24. I'll show you a little bit more about this. The Gospels are synoptists. In other words, they, they, they are different accounts of the same stories that you read. Okay? Luke, the writer here in chapter 24, he also wrote the book of Acts. We're going to look in both places, and I want to continue to build you to this place where the Holy Spirit, there's another experience beyond that moment I just told you of Him coming inside you. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Same moment, same time, same coming through the door, same shocking moment. And he says, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. There's another experience coming. They just, he just said, Receive, now there's another experience coming. <clears throat> Acts chapter 1. Can you take this little theological lesson here real quick? You need to know this because it's the very thing that people are fighting today. When I get to the place where I just want you to receive a prayer language or understand what power is, these are the pieces that people don't understand. All they know is the sensationalism and the spookiness, and they don't know the history. And you're basing something you don't want because of an experience of other people instead of what the Scripture says. And the devil knows he's trying to keep something from you that's going to change your life forever. And you know, instead of going after these superficial things that will never change your life, will only bring heartache, he knows this is the very key that will do that. Acts chapter 1, 3 through 5. Uh, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave them convicting proofs that he was alive. I'm not going to read this. That just shows you we're in the same moment. Same time, Luke's still talking. He's still recording what he saw that moment when Jesus came. All right? So skip down with me to, let's say, verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father, promise, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water... But in a few days you will be immersed, baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
When you receive this immersion of the Holy Spirit, this baptism, verse 8 tells me what happens. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Not in you. Comes on you. There's power that comes. And you will be a witness. The word witness means bold. The word witness means being able to declare. declare. The word witness means I can live okay in life. All right? Well, better than okay, but we're just kind of watering it down for you. All right. So keep all of that in your mind, in your thinker. Here's the second baptism. That was all first baptism leading to the third. But listen to the second one. And then we'll, I'm going to show you in Scripture there's three. And why they're important. And then we'll exhort and you'll get to go eat lunch or brunch. But maybe you'll do it expecting and wanting something called power. Here we go. There's a water baptism. Second baptism, second experience. These two that I'm talking to you about require your effort. First one's salvation. No effort. Just accept. It's free. You can't work for it. It's paid for. Water baptism, separate experience, requiring your participation. 27 times in the New Testament, you see it referenced. Uh, let me see here. Matthew 10, 32 through 33. Listen. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. Whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Salvation is a private experience, but listen to me. It needs to go public. It needs to come to a place where you're willing to say, I want to live this. I want to do something with this. There's a little responsibility as a Christian, okay? I'm baptized, immersed into a life of salvation that is baptized, immersed into an outward profession. <laughs> I'll give you a quick example. 25 years ago this year in October, actually a year or so prior to that, year and a half prior to that, I proposed to my wife here on the beach. We began our journey striving together to get to that one awesome day of profession of we came together in marriage, holy matrimony, devoted to each other, not to ever be separated, sickness and in health, all the stuff you want to say, we did it. And we consummated too. No, just kidding. <laughs> we did all the right stuff. Okay? That was my private moment. That was my moment that that day was all about me. But after that moment, I put on an outward expression that shows, don't touch this. I'll kill you if you do. Can't touch this. I know she'll kill you if you do. It's my outward expression to wherever I go. I don't take it off when I get around people, so I, I want people to know it doesn't work. Anyway, we have tans that are there. I've considered getting a tattoo, so uh, listen to me. That's my commitment to her. That's who I am. And that's what happens with water baptism. You're doing an outward sign of an inward grace that is working. You're saying, you know what? We know we're not perfect. We know we're going to have struggles, but together we're better. You're better together with Jesus in your life. All right? Now let's talk about this third baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit. Wow. <laughs> Acts chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You can go read this for yourself. I'm not going to do it. It's going to take too much time from where I want to go today. Acts chapter 8, 12 through 17. 
Write that reference down if you want to. You will see all three of those baptisms I just talked about in the Scripture. Luke's still recording how important each one is. We're only giving attention to two the majority of the time. But if you get down to verse 17 of that chapter, it says, Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. That was the third baptism. Listen, all of the other ones, salvation has an internal purpose in your life, but these other two have an earthly purpose in your life. And until we come to this place, guys, where I realize that I'm going to need power in this life to live, I'm fooling myself to think I can do this on my own. That's why Jesus commanded this was necessary. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, if you look at it and you define it, away from sensationalism, away from spookiness, away from the mystifying part that people have created, not God. His scripture, I love his scripture so much because what it does, it makes it clear. And so what I want to do is, if, if you've ever heard of the speaking in tongues, it's really a prayer language that comes to you. Not the gift of tongues and interpretation, that's a gift of the Spirit, not even teaching on that. So don't even think about that, okay? This one spot of prayer in tongues, every time you look in Scripture, in the book of Acts, where the Holy Spirit came, that we just saw all of those things would come, what are the common denominators, what are the common occurrences that happen when that experience happened, when this baptism happened that you just heard Luke record? What were the common occurrences? What was the pattern, per se? Because when you see occurrences that are consistent, when you see common occurrences that are consistent, when you see a pattern, in, in, even in the Jesus' walk, when you see that, you can basically go to the place where you say, you know what, this will be a confirmation that I have this in my life. Yep. Yep. And if it's not in your life, it's not complete. It's not full trinity working in your life. Now here's what happens. Some of the times there's been such a bad packaging of this gift of the Spirit, of praying in the Spirit, of praying in your prayer language, such bad packaging that what's happened is we've caused people to turn away from it and say, talk to me about this, but don't go there with me with this. And when I say bad packaging, it's, there's some out there. We've had some of it in our church. Inside the church setting here, you may, not ever, you may have been raised like I was, Pentecostal, which is really only a day. It's not a denomination. We've turned it into a denomination. It's not. But let me tell you this. Peter, who shows up in the book of Acts, after this power of baptism, where there was a sign of praying in tongues, listen to me, just 50 days later, prior to this, he couldn't even admit Jesus to a young girl. 50 days after, this girl comes and says, who are you? He denied Christ three times. But when you... When you see him here in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, he's preaching to 3,000 people after an experience. And you want things to shut down and stop in your life? You're trying to do it all on your own. You're going to superficial ways. You're going to people to do this. It's never going to work. Now, here's what I'm saying with the bad packaging. Here's how you can recognize bad packaging. This is going to set a bunch of you free. Bad packaging comes with criticism and judgmental. In other words, you criticize me because I don't, and you judge me because I don't, and you make me feel like I'm lesser because I don't. That's bad packaging. That means when I walk in that door and I don't feel like I fit, something's going wrong. Some, that is not your problem. That's the church's problem. Something's wrong. Now, I know we're not all going to be the church that meets everybody's need. 
That's why we got so many churches. Find one that fits. Just go to one. But I'm telling you, until there's an attention given to, your, to this next step into your Trinity experience, there'll be limitations in the life. And the very things that you're wanting to overcome and defeat and beat in your life are still going to stay there. You can try doing it on your own as long as you want. So go back to it. How do I know? Gosh, man. We're just going to have to do the second part in second service. Don't usually do that. So if you want to know the rest, come back second service or go get your brunch. I'm not. I'm just not going to rush through it. It's the life-changing message that 30 years ago changed my life in such a way that I'm actually... Listen, let me just tell you this. This thing that's going on right here at Coastal, there's a buzz in the community. Some likes and dislikes. When they start to have likes and dislikes, you're doing some good stuff. If they like everything you're doing, you're not doing everything right. You're patty-caking and rubbing shoulders and, and kissing butt. I'm not kissing butt with the gospel. I want to set people free with it. The gospel is not a butt-kissing gospel. It's good news that will set you free. And just sometimes that good news might be the thing that tells you in your life, quit, stop, start over, welcome in, do something different. We don't like to have to do something different because we want to stay in one spot. And here's what I want you to see, guys. This thing that's happening here, and this, I'm going to have to close here. I am not that qualified to be doing what I'm doing. I'm not that good. Pastor Tiffany and I, we're, we're not that good together. We're not that smart. We're not that brilliant to put 400 and some people to just come to church. There is a personhood of Holy Spirit behind making this happen. I would be very remiss to stand up here and tell you we did this on our own. Okay, let me expand it beyond us. I would be very remiss to say that you and I all together have done what's happening in Serve Month at Coastal Family Church. Serve Month's been powerful. We're going to complete Monday that we couldn't complete Friday night because of the rain. We're going to go finish this person's home, cleaning up the yard. If you're on that team, we'll be calling you. If you can come back out, awesome. We're going to finish that project. And then you're, next week, you'll see a completion of a whole month of really powerful stuff that you guys did. But you're not even qualified to do it. We put our gifts and things together, but it was the power of the Holy Spirit bringing... He says, that's what will draw men to repentance is the goodness of Him. And listen to me. I just want you to see there is more than just the power in the personhood of the Holy Spirit behind this. There there is a power evidence that's behind this because when I don't know what to do for you, when I don't know what to do for her, when I don't know what to do for this community, I have to tap into something bigger and better than myself. And it is involving a prayer language that takes me... Be I know a lot of different prayers. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Come on, finish it. Come on. Come on, some of you used to have to do it every day. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. We're good to that spot. That prayer 
as powerful as it is in the message that's in it, we could teach on it and change your life forever with that prayer. I know that prayer. You know that prayer. The Bible says that, that uh, to pray with all kinds of prayer. Why do you think it says all kinds? Because you need all kinds. There's certain prayers for certain things. But I'm finding out, guys, listen, I hope I got my stuff on. I don't even know how to turn this one on. Oh, you plug it in. You're going to need power. You're going to need wind in your sail to push your boat along. Okay? I'm afraid it's going to blow dust on people. But until you're willing to connect with what's in, I have used this a few times. Thank you. It does me no good until I connect with it to clean up maybe the messes that are in my life. Okay? I got one scripture and I have to let you go. And again, this is the first part. Second part will come next service. I used to make mistakes and try to preach it all and then you'll hate me. I can't do that. Give me time to get to it because I can't quote all this. Ha, ha, ha. There will come a step of faith. Your involvement. Just like water baptism where I immerse, come up. This is who I am now. There's a step of faith into this prayer language that will be necessary to take you beyond this step here. I want to read this scripture to you. And we'll end on that. Maybe we can pick up on it again. But listen to this. It's out of Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel. Listen. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. (laughs) He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. That's about as far as we're comfortable. Don't take me beyond my ways, Pastor, because somebody might see me. Somebody might think I'm weird. They probably will if you do it without understanding how and when and reasons why and the benefits of. Because I found out when you understand the reasons why and when and all of that, it's always in the right place and it's always going to be beneficial. It's, not going to, it's actually going to be a sign to an unbeliever because you're not walking up to them in the grocery store going, that's not what I got because you, in your closet, were praying in that prayer language. And when you went to that grocery store, you were bold because you understood the living water that was in. And you looked at them and said, hey man. And the Spirit of God spoke to you in that moment. And told you at that moment that they were getting ready to go through a divorce. And all you needed to do was say the reason they're going through that divorce is because they had a deadbeat husband. They had a deadbeat dad. And all they needed was Jesus in their life. You could be the one to be saying all of these things. Because you have an awareness of power within. Listen, here we go. But now it was... (laughs) He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. Until you get past ankle deep, until you get past knee deep and waist deep, 
and are willing to jump into the water and the river of the wa- rivers of living water, it's going to require you to take your feet off of the ground. As long as your feet are controlling on the ground, you have partial trinity working in your life. And the Bible says that the benefits of this will come and pray out secrets and mysteries for your future, will come and stir you up, take you into a place of supernatural where you can't do it. It'll take you to a place where... (laughs) This is nervous for me. (sighs) Give me a moment. Let the spinning stop. My anchor. Why are you afraid to come up here? Why are we so afraid to come to this spot? I'm having to depend on Brock right now. I leave you with a question. Go you in all the world and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Know His presence and His nature. Know His personality. He loves you so and wants to help you so much. Know His purpose. But are you willing to accept His power? That's the question I leave you with. Maybe you'll have to come second service and find out how to receive that power. If you can't come back, it'll be on podcast. <laughs> There's always a way. That's the, I think that's the problem with all of us. We're always waiting to another way. And the way is right in front of you. If anything, the way is more than in front of you. It's already in you. Every head bow, every eye closed. Baby, come on up. I apologize for not having enough time to give you what you're probably wanting right now. But Maybe that's divinely appointed. Maybe it's why... You came, it's just to get to this spot. As I threw the question at you, I'm here. I'm ready. I will tell you all you need to know about the next step of common denominators, of what shows up when this power is there working in your life, and how easy it is to access it.